the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Hills 90210 podcast listeners, welcome to 90210 so, podcast retrospective series. I'm JT, joining me as always is my buddy Tim. Tim, how you doing? I'm doing great, JT. More fun in the sun here at the West Beverly Beach Club. I'm loving it, uh, although our days are sadly numbered here in these early episodes of season two. Uh, but we've got a very special guest with us, as we always do. To cover the action, uh, who we got this time up? As the sun sets on our summer spectacular <clears throat> season, we uh, have a brand new guest with us tonight. Uh, he is a first-timer joining us, first and uh, he's our good friend. Yeah, the uh, cowboy, Mr. Roger Morissette. How you doing? Hey, doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Tim, when you said it was winding down, I thought maybe... The- that meant we were going to be canceled, like like my previous show. <laughs> no, no, the contract uh, was just expired on that. It wasn't canceled. <laughs> it wasn't renewed. <laughs> anyway, um, so what we usually do here, uh, old cowboy, is any new guests we ask them to just quickly spend a minute or two talking about their relationship with Barry Hills Now to and Out. Did you watch it uh, live as it was airing? Did you ever watch it after? Are you new to the show? Uh, set the stage for us as your fandom of this uh, TV series. Yeah, very much watched it live while it was happening. I believe I was, you know, freshman-ish in, uh, in high school. I was a big fan of Beverly Hills 90210, Melrose Place, and The Heights. Oh, so yeah. the, the, the triumvirate. And, you know, it actually has a special place in my heart. My first girlfriend, when I was... was Gabrielle Cateris. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been illegal. Uh, my, my first girlfriend, when I was in high school, actually, you know, we, we, would, we would talk on the phone. And maybe about one week after the relationship started, she, you know, said she had to go to watch 90210. And I broke up with her. Oh, oh, that's harsh. Is that why you dumped her? It, it is. Was, it is. Yes. She was making time for the I show. I think that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. In retrospect, probably on my bad, but it's all right. And then look, the show won you over after that. It was like, you know, you felt foolish, huh? Yeah. Big time. Big time. But yeah, huge, huge fan, huge crush on Brenda. I don't know we discuss that okay. kind of thing <laughs> but sure. yes yes very very big fan of the show um watching these kids live a life was not 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 too similar to mine <laughs> at the time but it was a good, great escape but kevin watch the show and knowing you that that girl made the right choice hanging up on you to go watch the show yeah i mean i i couldn't That's agree brutal. more couldn't agree more jt all right, season two, episode six, Pass Not Pass, August 15th, 1991, 16.1 million viewers, Tim. So we're back down on the wave. We go up and down every week here, it feels like, okay. in the summer. Um, it does. So we're, 
we're wrapping on a little bit of a dip. Uh, we'll have two weeks off uh, now before our next episode. Uh, does it air till August 29th? And then another break after that before they get rolling. So a little bit of an up and down. Schedule. A little bit of a gap. A little bit of a gap in there. Um, I guess we should mention off the top as well. This is... So this is episode six of season mm-hmm. two. Uh, you're not going to find this on Hulu or uh, Paramount Plus, which is where I've been streaming the show recently. So I don't know. I'll just say we, we have our ways and means. Um, if you're watching it on something like uh, a Pluto, I don't think they skip any episodes in, their, in the seasons mm-hmm. that they do have available. So that is an option. There are other options as well. You can have the, the DVDs. Um, which there's a DVD set uh, recently released of the entire series. It's been out there for a while, but this was a re-release. If you don't want to do that, I mean, listen, it's not hard to find this stuff. Um, so I'm just going to put that out there to say, even though there are gaps in, in the streaming sites uh, where this, this series is streaming, we're still going to cover every episode. So anyway. I'm curious, I'm curious how... Um... Why? Why it was not on the streaming uh, services? I know I've there's a lot of songs in this one. There's like yeah. six or seven, so maybe that's why. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure though. But um, maybe they don't want the refurbished, you know, middle of refurbished beach pit being being shown. But uh, all right, let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, we start with Brendan and Andrea are at the Walsh house. They're trying to choose what scene they're going to do to wrap up Mr. Suter's summer class. Uh, their theater class they're taking. Andrea, of course, is stressing over the choice. And uh, Andre says Brenda is the teacher's pet. He clearly likes her. And Brenda doesn't hate that. She kind of gushes. She's blushing. Andre reminds her that he's a teacher. But Brenda says summer school ends next week. So not for long. We go to the beach. We see some surfing. And then over to the beach club, Kelly and Steve arrive. Kelly's fretting about summer ending. She's got eczema because she's nervous. Uh, Brandon comes over. Steve asks him for gin and tonic. And that gives us a good old Henry Thomas (laughs) chuckle in the background, which always is worth seeing. Brandon shuts that down, uh, and he reveals that he's almost has enough money saved for his uh, beloved 65 Mustang. He's been saving all summer for this. And Henry gives him his paycheck, and Brandon has been put over the top. So he now has enough to go purchase the car. Andrea's going through books at a bookstore. She's practicing voices, income suitor. Uh, Andrea, uh, he tells Andrea that she can call him Chris going forward. A little awkward there. We go back home. Brandon's hyping up the car to Jim. Jim offers to go pick it up with him. Uh, he says, I'll even go to work late. You know, a little father-son bonding. But Brandon pushes it off. Uh, Jim, you know, again, pushes on it. Says, I'm leery, you know, about the dealer. They want a cashier's check and not a real check. That's a red flag. And Brandon's like, no, I want to do this on my own. I'm, gonna, I'm fine. It's okay. It's trustworthy. Uh, Brenda hops out of the shower. Cindy tells her that Dylan called. She doesn't seem to care too much. And the Walshers seem to wonder if Brenda and Dylan are washed up uh, since she didn't seem to care. So, Tim, what'd you think of these opening few scenes here to get us going? Okay, so I like the interaction between Brenda and Andrea, uh, two characters we don't see a whole lot from, just again with that one on one time. I think the most airtime they had together without, you know, the support of other characters was in that first season where they're working the, uh, the, the teen crisis line or whatever. Um, and the sleepover. so, you know, sleepover as well. But again, that was like a girl's night kind of yeah. thing. So wasn't just them. So this is really a case where it's like just the two of them. I know Donna and David are also in the class, but this is going to turn into a, a little bit of a low key Brenda 
Andrea rivalry as these events play out. Um, it's also kind of a role reversal where we see uh, Brenda is really acing this thing and, um, you know, having a, a hot teacher to thirst over is just sort of like icing on the cake for her. Meanwhile, Andrea is sort of freaking out. Like she thought maybe this this class would be an easy A, take it over the summer, no big deal. Just, you know, one of those slack courses um, to, to take the burden off of you during the actual school year. And she's not doing so hot. So she's actually stressing over her grade here in this summer school class. Um, so I kind of like that, just seeing, um, you know, it's it's not always, you know, wine and roses for, for Andrea here. Um, I also enjoyed the, uh, when we get the cutaway to the uh, beach club, the, I don't know, the B-roll that they show where it's like there's a surfer and the, and the sun is kind of setting and we get like a dolphin in the background. <laughs> yes. Complete with like a flipper noise. I don't know. It's just very, I, I like that. I, I wish they would do more of that type of thing. Maybe they will going forward. Uh, Kelly fretting over back to school. Very relatable. She's stressed out. Um, I'm definitely feeling that pain with, with her and Steve. Um, meanwhile, Brandon, um, you know, he's looking forward to, to purchase in that staying he's had his hot, his, his eye on for, uh, for much of this season. Um, I thought it was a little bit foolish on his part to turn down Jim, Jim's offer of, uh, going up there with him. Cause you never know when, uh, when a, you know, a, a parent might, might take a little pity on you or, or just sympathize with your situation. Maybe slide you some cash. Even, even when you think it's your deal, you think you're doing it on your own. This is big Jim, right? So, Take them along. You never know. Let's see what happens. Um, so anyway, I didn't think Brandon played that one very well. And uh, as we will see, um, that's going to be the least of, of his worries once once this uh, once this whole thing plays out. Uh, Chris Suter revealing, you know, hey, you can you can talk to me on a first name basis to Andrea at the at the library. Pretty inappropriate, right? That's. I mean, I get that he's a younger teacher. I get that it's a little more casual because it's it's summer school, but this is this is not good, right? Even for 1991, a teacher, this is way too familiar with a student, right? Oh yeah, I thought so. I, it was creepy. He came in hot on that scene. He like, did. It, he it really was a did. Strong right out of the gate. Yeah, I could see if it's like her approaching him, and he's a little bit like you know, and maybe just doesn't handle it well, but he's really right. kind of the, it felt like, like it's not the first time. Like that's how mm-hmm. it came across to me. Like this is the term he, grooming comes to mind here. You know, he targeted, like he, he kind of targeted her. He knew which one he liked and made the move. Like that's, that's a uh-huh. uh-huh. repetitive thing. So I don't know, Roger, what'd you make of all this? Yeah, Tim. So, so I, I agree with, with a lot of what you said about those first three scenes, um, kind of right away, the, they kind of cross the line just immediately with, with being, you know, smitten with the teacher. And then, yeah, I mean, I think you kind of, you kind of covered it. Lines, lines were crossed immediately. Um, I did find it funny if, if Brandon, working at the at the beach and steve so just full disclosure brandon's like my least favorite character on the show back then that's a rough one and and watching now so uh so they're on the they're on the they're on the the beach and brandon's the waiter and you know these kids are in high school and you think like your buddy's a waiter and maybe he would 
let you have an alcoholic drink if you're under 21 and he like steve like pretends to order an alcoholic drink and there's it it, it was like just so clearly brandon just wasn't gonna do it it's not steve didn't even have the expectation well his was boss like, is right there behind him he can't can't even would, pretend you know he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have done it anyway justin so in my notes i said brandon the toolbox because that's how i that's in how fairness I in fairness Steve, we just had an episode last season where Steve got him drunk at a party, crashed his car. So he's very anti-drinking right now. I I remember. I remember. But I think it just kind of speaks to the overall kind of goody two-shoes that Brandon Mm -hmm. is. Um, Brandon talking about the 65 Stang. Yeah, I was kind of happy for him, but I was also kind of secretly hoping something would go wrong with it. And then the third scene with Mr. Souter in the library, like just super creeper vibes, just immediately call me Chris, like very clearly hitting on her. Mm-hmm. It's it's real interesting that that like because this was a show that like kids were watching back then. Like, I mean, it was high school kids. Right. And to have an episode with this with this premise and nobody to think anything of it. It's pretty, pretty funny. But yeah, yeah, that's a good point that you raise. We'll, we'll have to maybe get more into that um, once we start to wrap this, this episode up. Cause I, yeah. Um, when you talk about this show often wanting to impart like a moral lesson, um, mm-hmm. this one may have been a failing in that regard. <laughs> I think we'll get to oh. the lessons. Neither one of them in my mind where we're super, we're super moral, but yeah, he, he throws off the immediate creeper yeah. vibe and you can really, I mean, they they really telegraph things on this show. They they did back. <laughs> I thought so back then, and I thought so watching this episode. Um, but you can tell he's trouble right away. And he's been there all season. Um, and I feel like Tim, they really escalated it in this one. Like he's been like yeah. a little. I don't. Oh, know I didn't even... realize he was there all season. I thought this was a one and done. No, he's been the summer school teacher for like this these six summer episodes um but he hasn't really had a ton of screen time but he has been i don't say flirty but he's been like overly flattering for sure and like Mm -hmm. you could tell he's giving off a vibe where the students may be into him you know so um, and they've made it clear that yeah and they've made it clear that brenda and andrea definitely have a crush on him yeah yeah that kind of thing. I mean, not terribly unusual for kids that age, probably. You've got like the younger, seemingly cooler teachers, but it's like a drama class. So you could see how that sort of um, dynamic would come about. But for him to like really not just reciprocate, but um, really like act on it in this episode is definitely a departure. Yeah, I think it's it's even I, I forgot that he was in previous episodes so that makes it even worse because it would be one thing if it was a one and done where they just kind of bring him in for the right. episode yeah. but this is like this is like his <laughs> his big moment i suppose on the, mm. on the, on the yeah, show they've, they've been slow building it all summer um but he's he's gone i think after this so this is this is it but and just an aside he looks i i couldn't get this out of my head watching he looks like a cross between elvis and fred mm-hmm. savage <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some Elvis qualities in there. But then big he's got El- like Elvis a Fred, Fred Savage in the face a little yeah. bit. It was very, you know, it was honestly creeping me out. Like I didn't really, you know, maybe it was a '90s thing, but 
I I don't know. I I didn't really get why Andrea and Brenda were so into him. But not honest. not a great not a great episode for Brenda. That's a preview for for what's to come here. I thought he gave he had the vibes of um a character that comes much later, Noah. Like I thought he kind of looked like him. Oh my too. god. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. He's also another very Elvis-faced actor, right? <laughs> yeah, <it's a> Elvis-faced <laughs> offense. Um, for and sure. a terrible <laughs> actor too. All right. Uh, we go back. <laughs> we go back to summer school. Andrea's pushing her scene choice on Brenda. Brenda wants to do a comedy, but Andrea says, no, we should do something dramatic. And Suter suggested it. So as soon as Brenda hears that, she's like, okay. Uh, Brenda goes to Suter. She's kind of flirting about the scene, tells her it's a great choice. Uh, and he tells Brenda that he put her with Andrea specifically because she's very talented and she can help Andrea open up. So Brenda's on cloud nine there. We go over to the dealer and uh, Brandon's eye humping the car. He's finalizing the paperwork and we meet Simon, the sleazy car dealership salesman who's a uh, typecast for sure. Right out of central casting. Uh, he's playing up Brandon about the car, talking about what a great choice it was. Uh, you can definitely feel the shady vibes here. You mentioned Roger that they telegraph stuff like this is, you see this coming well, a mile away. They, they telegraphed it with um, the conversation with Brandon and his dad where, yeah. with the cashier's check yeah. where, mm-hmm. where, where um, Jim says, Oh, you, you any, any place that's not going to take your word on a personal check, you might not want to buy the car. And mm-hmm. Brandon tells him, I don't, he wants to do this himself. They've been holding the car. I don't want you to come with me, Dad. Really, you know, I knew I knew bad news was coming with this car. And then you see Simon, and you know, it's uh, no bueno. So we get a montage of Brandy's driving the Stang up and down the highway. He's at a red light. He kind of eye flirts with the girl next to him, and she takes off. He goes to drive, and the car stalls, and it starts to billow smoke out into the road. Uh, it causes a big backup. There's a lot of honking. We cut ahead. Brandon is headed back to the dealer. He's in a taxi now. He's not happy. Uh, Simon kind of chuckles about it. And he's like, oh, I sold the car, boy. It's your problem now. Uh, He says, I want my check back. Simon says the check is long gone. He says, Brandon's a good kid, but Simon's hands are tied. Tells Brandon to get the car to mechanic. It was in prime condition when it left the lot. He even checked it himself. Uh, so Tim, I, this is big asshole energy on assignment here. Um, not even really faking that he doesn't give a shit about this at all. And it was clearly a scam. Uh, what did you think of, uh, Brandon getting hoodwinked by, uh, Simon? Yeah, it sucks for Brandon. Um, doubly sucks for Brandon because not only has he purchased a lemon, um, he actually did make it out of the used car lot. He got far enough down the mm-hmm. road, um, before the damn thing uh, blew up on him. So you'd think if, if you, if you, um, if you're, um, going to be in that situation, then let it happen on the lot, right. Or you've got more yep. of a chance of at least maybe somewhat rectifying this, but no, he gets a good distance away and then, and then the shit blows up. So, um, that's really unfortunate. I agree that this guy is straight out of central casting this, this sleazy used car dealer. He kind of looks like a, like a, Cohen brothers villain or something. It's just a real, <laughs> I, I'm not sure who plays, but he's got to be one of those like character actors. I'm who, sure. Yeah. You know, does all the types of roles like this. Um, so yeah, pretty unfortunate here. Uh, the revelation. Um, meanwhile, that uh, Chris Suter uh, paired on uh, Brenda with Andrea deliberately um, sort of uh, makes, I don't know, gives, gives Brenda some, uh, 
some ideas maybe that, oh, maybe he, he could have eyes for me after all, not so much Andrea. Um, he, he believes in me as, as a, as a talented potential up and coming actress. He wants me to, to coach Andrea. I get it now. I, I see what he's playing at. So it's all wine and roses for, for Brenda at this point. Uh, but that's, that's quickly going to change. So yeah, um, big mistake on Brandon's part. Um, and yeah, I mean, he should have taken big Jim with him. He really should have he, big missed opportunity there. And you see where it got him. Yeah, so the first the first rule of selling a lemon to him is that it's got to make it off the lot. Yeah, well, right. He made sure. So he made sure. Simon Simon kind of calls that out and says that car was fine when it left mm-hmm. the lot. Yeah. So I mean, he's a he's a real pro. So I I had Brandon's car stalling out as best scene. I thought it was the best scene in the uh, in the show. I thought I I thought it was pretty funny. Jumping the gun, all right. <laughs> Oh, do we do these at the end? I'm sorry. It's my first episode, listeners. I apologize. So no, we'll put that, it down. That that won't happen again, Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought I thought this was um, I thought this was pretty well done. Def- definitely saw it coming, and and Suter just really, you know, he really hammers home what a scumbag he is mm-hmm. in that scene. Because if you remember in the library, he he said something along the lines of you're so talented to Andrea, yeah. right? Yes. So he's just like yeah. super hitting on her. And now he's hitting, he's super hitting on Brenda. Um, frankly, the guy's just a predator at this point. Like that, that's <laughs> kind of how I'm viewing him. So uh, Simon is played by Royce Applegate. He's okay. a character actor. He was uh, in the movie Gettysburg. And I, I would have guessed that immediately just based on the beard he had in this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He was in a lot of other stuff too, Under Siege 2, Splash, uh, Sea Biscuit. Sadly, passed away on New Year's Day, 2003, in a house fire. Oh, 63rd, uh, one week after his 63rd birthday. So Simon got his ultimate payback for his actions. Just say, know. there's a decent chance yeah. that Brandon started that house fire. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so he uh, he was in a bunch of movies though later on. Uh, he lasted a while. So there okay. you go, Royce Applegate. Good for him, Simon. Uh, all right, Brandon uh, has to break the news to Jim that the car is not in good shape. The engine has to be overhauled. Jim really lays into him hard. He's <laughs> basically, you only gave a shit about the looks. You didn't fig- you know, look into the insides, the guts of the car. Uh, there's no warranty. And he's just going in on him big time. Brandon is shook. Jim asked him where the car is. He said it's in the impound lot in the San Gabriel Valley. He said the sheriff's tow truck came by as he left the car to go argue with Simon. Uh, and by the time he got back, the tow truck had already taken it. Jim just goes next level here. He's so pissed. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brandon reveals it's going to cost $250 to get it out of impound. And Jim basically tells him, buyer beware. And he just calls him an idiot, basically, for blowing all of his money. Uh, Brandon shows up to the peach pit the next day. He's ordering breakfast from a very intense waitress. Nat comes over. He's excited to see him. NASA's business has been booming and the revamp work of the restaurant is almost done. Uh, the waitress nails the order very efficiently. And her name is Courtney. We find out Nat's very excited about her. Calls her a straight A student. Uh, in comes Suter. He sits down next to Brandon. Uh, then they kind of chat a bit randomly. Suter reveals he's from Chicago and that he's in town teaching. Uh, maybe he'll move to Beverly Hills someday. And they kind of piece together the connection from there. Uh, and Suter talks up Brenda very big to her brother. 
So Brandon kind of sniffs out that maybe Suter's got some plans for Brenda here. The uh, Tim, I, I was actually surprised. I didn't remember at all that they show the transition right. of the Peach Pit from season one in its little weird format, like kind of a just like a Mel's Diner kind of place, to more of a um, you know kitschy throwback mm. spot that it'll become. I just thought like it, I just figured they just changed it. I didn't know we actually were like undergoing renovations here. So when they go in, it's like you can see the work being done. Yeah, this is a nice touch, one that I didn't remember mm. either. Um, and it's it's like normally when they when they do this sort of thing, I, I just consider it like a running change. There, like you said, there's no explanation for it. It's mm-hmm. just one day um, we get a new establishing shot, and like that's our new location for the rest of the show. Um, but here, yeah, we actually uh, do get some some background, some backstory, and it's the Peach Pit is undergoing major renovations and. Uh, I guess it makes sense too, because we haven't seen that or the peach pit in several episodes. Right. Um, it does make sense that all this could have been going on throughout the summer. During the summer. Yeah. When yeah. it was weird to do was slow because they said it. Mm-hmm. People aren't eating in town during the summer, JT, right? Um, no, that's right. They're not <laughs> eating in town. They're all out of town. <laughs> They're all at the beach. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I kind of appreciate the fact that they they're giving us some uh, some continuity really for for what's going to be a pretty major change that stays with us through the rest of the show. Uh, we do meet Courtney. She will not be with us through the rest <laughs> of the series. Um, you know, I I guess it's nice to to have that follow up on who exactly did replace Brandon. Although mm-hmm. this does not turn out to be terribly important. Nor does Brandon meeting Chris here at the mm-hmm. Peach Pit. I wasn't exactly sure what the purpose of that scene was for them to meet because it i mean it doesn't really go anywhere i guess it's maybe to i think it's to establish uh, that suitor goes to the yeah peach pit. that he goes to the peach pit and maybe to plant some doubt mm. in the mind of the viewers that okay maybe this isn't just a recurring character maybe we're going to see we're going to be seeing more of this guy and he's going to be like insinuating himself into the lives of, of various characters not just brenda and andrea or maybe um, he's not a bad guy because, like, he kind of seems normal talking to Brandon to say mm-hmm. his sister's talented. Like, he's not as creepy here, so maybe they're trying to, like, ease you a bit as well, you know? Right. Yeah, I right. think it was a bit of it was to set up that conversation yeah. later in the episode with Brenda and Brandon. So now Brandon knows who the guy is, knows right. he's, he's at least Elvis. He has he's some a, frame he, of reference. Yeah. He's an Elvis looker. So, like, like <laughs> you said, Justin, he, um, you know, He's starting to sniff things out. Yeah. All right. Andrea and Brenda are rehearsing. In comes Brandon. He tells them he saw Mr. Suter at the pit. And Brenda says, oh, you saw Chris. What's he doing there? And Brandon says, like, Chris, there's Mr. Suter. Uh, Brandon says he spoke nicely about her, but he won't give her any details because basically she doesn't want her to get a big ego. Brenda's beaming. Uh, we cut ahead back to the pit, and Brenda's at the table. Andrea comes in, so obviously they immediately both went there, hoping to see him. And, of course, in comes Suter. We find out it's the second time of the day at the Peach Pit. Brenda invites yeah. Chris to eat with them, uh, and they basically compete to flirt with him, trying to one-up each other at the table. Brenda offers an authentic Beverly Hills tour, uh, and Chris says, sure, it'll be fun for all of us to go. So Brenda kind of gets burned because Andrea's going to come along now for the ride. So we cut to them. In Suter's truck, he's driving. Brenda and Andrea are in the uh, in the front with him, and they're really working hard here. They're trying to both impress him. Um, it's obviously very creepy across the board. Like, 
just even beyond his actions, the fact that, I mean, he's going to be in his 20s at, at the youngest, right? Yeah. And these two girls who are not 18 that were just at a restaurant, like, just got in this guy's car to drive around town. Like, it's just, it's it's very questionable for everyone involved. Um, and he's loving the tour. He loves, he says, the company's great. And he asks them, you know, who lives closer, meaning who am I dropping off first? And they, they kind of both point to each other. We leave it there. So, Roger, what do you think of the uh, the Peach Pit meeting and then the tour here, the tour of the stars? So, the the thing about the tour that that I liked the most was the soundtrack, mm. which was Rock Set Joyride. Yes, which, which we don't a, always the, get the real songs, so it was nice that but, we get to but watch. It's just topic. a just a really just great say song. Our source came through on this one. Yes, <laughs> just a, a really a really great song for a really really bad ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean I thought that the that the peach pit part of it started to kind of plant the seed of I mean and actually grow the seed of Brenda and Andrea like fighting over this guy and this guy's just loving every second of it and he you know the 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 ride he's he's just a grade A scumbag right he's got a both of the car they're fighting over him you know, it's setting up what's gonna what's gonna happen later in the episode. But yeah, I, I agree. I agree with what you said, Justin. Just very very questionable, and I couldn't like this guy less at this point until until maybe I like him less. Yeah, it's it's definitely uncomfortable. We're seeing Brenda and Andrea try to one up each other on this little impromptu guided tour of L.A. Uh, Chris is just like holding court. He's just like eating it up. Um, at this point, I, I think I was so angry at the character that one of my notes just says, uh, Chris is a boring character with a boring, stupid face. Um, <laughs> you know, Don't be Elvis cruel. Face. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, I, I guess that shouldn't be a reflection on uh, my feelings about Elvis. But um, I don't know. He's just like he's kind of a boring actor and a boring character. And he just doesn't really he's not very expressive. You know, he just. I don't know. I just, I don't like the character. I don't like the actor. I don't, I don't want to be done with this. I don't, I'm getting uncomfortable now. <laughs> yeah. And that is the other thing is this guy, the guy who plays Chris mm-hmm. can't, can't act his way out of a paper bag. He's horrible. Yeah. I'm sure he's a nice young man, but <laughs> not, not anymore, Tim. Uh, yeah. I don't think he <laughs> has much of an acting future. All right, Stephen Branner at the Walsh House. Steve is sad the summer's ending. He never even gets to touch a babe. Brandon says the world wouldn't be ready for Steve to work at the beach club. Steve kind of jokes, maybe he'll get a job there next summer. Brandon uh, says Jim is getting off watching him squirm, and now Courtney's working at the pit. He's got no chance getting his old job back. He's really screwed here. Uh, Brandon comes in. Uh, I'm sorry, Brenda comes in. She slams the door. She's down in the dumps. Uh, Chris dropped her off first, and meaning basically she lost to Andrea. Uh, and explains her feelings for Chris. Brandon says it's her teacher and says he's going back to Chicago anyway. He's too old for you. It's unethical. And basically Bren- Brenda in bitch mode tells Brandon, well, go tell Andrea. It doesn't matter to me anymore. She's the one now that's, you know, stuck with him. So we cut back to the car. It's gotten dark out. So Andrea and Chris have clearly been sitting talking for a while. Chris is laying it on heavy. Andrea is getting a little nervous. She's talking about school. And Chris basically says, we're done. We're not talking about school. He says it's uh, tough. Tomorrow's the last day of class. And he wants to talk her into having a cup of coffee tomorrow night. And she is completely smitten right now, just over the moon at this. So they have a date for tomorrow night. Uh, we go back to class. David and Donna are doing a mime scene. They're crushing it. A lot of laughs. 
Andrea's nervous. She tells Brenda about Chris surprising her uh, with the date. She apologizes to Brenda uh, for invading and just keeps gushing about Chris. And Brenda's basically like, I just want to rehearse. I don't want to hear about this. I don't care. So we cut to the scene, and it's pretty true to life. The scene is two girls arguing over a man. Makes it even more obvious that Suter picked the scene for them to do because he's trying to project himself into it. Um, it ends with Brenda with a super stiff slap uh, to Andrea. Andrea starts crying. We get applause from Suter and from the class. After Andrea's really pissed at Brenda about the slap, she says it's not how we rehearsed it. Uh, Brenda's a real bitch to her. Uh, Andrea calls her lame, says she shared her feelings, and Brenda turned on her. Uh, just full-on Brenda bitch mode activated here. Hard. Uh, Andrea doesn't back down, though, to her defense. She goes right back at her. And Andrea says, you can't steal something that someone doesn't have, which is just a great line. Brenda says she spent all year listening to Andrea talk about being in love with Brandon. And Andrea says, it's not about Brandon. And Brenda says, yes, you're right. It's just about them. Uh, so, Tim, what do you think of this big showdown here with Brenda and Andrea spilling over into the, the play? Uh, this is a big dramatic blow off early mm-hmm. in the show between two characters, again, who aren't typically associated with one another in terms of having a lot of interactions. Um, so I like that it gives us this, this great drama. I just hate the reason for it, you know, and, and this is made all the worse by, I didn't even think of this until, until you pointed it out just now and reminded me that Suter picked the scene for them. Mm-hmm. It's not them choosing the scene you know, he, he was the one who suggested, uh, oh, do something, you know, more dramatic and, you know, and cause they were, they were leaning in more of a, a comedy direction. Right. And so he says, no, 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 waves that off. And and this is what he has come up with for them just makes it so much, so much worse. Right. It's just so gross. Um, that slap is really vicious. Um, boy, uh, Andre did not deserve that. I felt really bad for her. Um, and just, I mean, this whole setup is just ugh, falling on the heels of, of that that makeout and the truck. And it's just like, oh, God. You know, it, if anything makes it a little bit easier to stomach, and I, and I hate to go there, it's it's that Gabrielle Carteris is probably older <laughs> than this guy in real life. You know, so it doesn't. That's true. I mean, it is what it is, but at least it doesn't look like what it is is meant to be on the show um this is like two adults having to make out but um yeah that's that's way 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 over i mean this whole thing has been over the line but this is just um beyond the pale now uh yeah and i mean god bless brandon i guess for being the one um ethical voice throughout this entire sordid mess like pointing out okay not only is he a teacher which Yes, that's that's very bad and an abuse of power. But hello, he's way, way too old for either of you, um, which I think is, you know, mm-hmm. the, the issue that's getting kind of lost <laughs> throughout all of this. It is. I feel like it's buried in this. And even the payoff, which we'll get to, is more about his mm-hmm. behavior than mm-hmm. the statutory mm-hmm. piece of the, it. Like, than the fact is he te- it's just, he's a teacher. They could have yeah. done the same exact storyline with just another student and it would have right. kind of been the same right like other than you know this brandon is nothing if not ethical and in, in this specific instance it was a right. <laughs> it was a positive thing i thought that somebody had to say it yeah the, the whole the whole scene from before before the before they do their scene while they're doing their scene and then after their scene is just an awful look for Brenda. Mm-hmm. Really, really bad. My note is 
Brenda is a horrible friend. Mm-hmm. That is a, that that's really what I took away from that scene. And I think it's probably it was it was actually it's pretty, you know, pretty intense and I think very well acted. And I I, I kind of like that scene. I think that's probably not too far from where Shannon Doherty's actual personality was <laughs> at that probably time, at, time, at yeah. that time, from all accounts, because, mm-hmm. I mean, she really nailed it as far as being um, hateable and just and just very just brutal to Andrea, who's supposed to be her friend. That slap on stage was uh, only second to the time my old friend Lacey slapped me uh, in a trail oh. of a Jerry Springer type uh, scenario. And I said, go hard way. And uh, she drew blood mm-hmm. with the slap. So that just brought me right <laughs> back. Brought me right back. Um, Make it count. <laughs> it definitely did. Uh, as did Brenda. Yeah, she's she's. She's been a mess really since the breakup with Dylan and everything. And it seems like she's just so far in her head and is like, mm-hmm. I don't know if she even really likes Suter. I think she's just like, I don't know, just, just gone. You know she, what I mean? Just, she yeah. dislikes that she's being um, passed over for, for Andrea, I think is what's what's happening here. I don't know if that's like, even bothering her, honestly. I think I she's think so effed up about Dylan. It's just like yeah. everything is just screwed up in her head. Like, so, yes, it's. It's that, but I don't think she'd normally care. It's just that the whole Dylan thing has been such a debacle that she just doesn't know what she wants, and she's just super confused. Earlier in the episode, she went, again, being a horrible friend, talking behind Andrea's back, she made reference to something, like, and she said, you know, Andrea Zuckerman, like, like, like this yeah, was yeah. someone who was yeah. so ben- so yeah. beneath her. Yeah, that's it was just, It was just a, a real, so I, I think, Tim, I think, I think, I think you're onto something there where it's, it's bad. It's, it would be bad if it was anybody, but she definitely thinks that she's kind of hotter and a better catch for suitor. Yeah. I mean, that's a standard talking point for sure. Through all this is that it's always like, Oh, Andrea Zuckerman. I think even Steve or someone said it at the beginning of the episode too. Like Mm -hmm. why someone like, Oh, what are you doing with Andrea Zuckerman? Like, yeah, it's, that's been a common phrase. I think throughout the show so far. Uh Yeah. too. It, She's kind of a weird there's nerd. There's that classism, right? There's that class yeah. element that they, which I think is what makes the Andrea character sort of valuable, is you can explore mm-hmm. that. Um, and they don't beat you over the head too much with it. it. But it's it's the type of thing where clearly, you know, Brenda's crushing on this guy, but it's going way too far, and she's getting way too in her head, right. um, like you pointed out, because of all the Dylan shit. So yeah. all of this is just amplified. And she might, might not even be conscious of the fact that She's being so shitty towards towards Andrea and, and this, you know, petty jealousy. But well, and um, she immediately that's... she immediately realizes it, too. Like, yeah, she got so. Herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the next scene, she's sitting at the table. She's pouting, eating ice cream. And she's not pouting about not winning suitor. She tells Cindy, look, I was a bitch. I was petty. I was mean. <laughs> yes. I think she knows, like, you know, she knows she's a mess. Right. She she's realizing mm-hmm. what she just did to Andrea. For no reason at all. It's just because she's screwed up over Dylan. Um, she says the scene went well, but, you know, she was like a shithead, basically. Uh, Dylan arrives, and Brenda's all smiles now. He's back from Hawaii. Uh, he gives lays to all the Walshes. He's greeting the family, thanks them for the support. And right on cue, it's, just, it's so great. Dylan's like, what about the Mustang? Did you get the Mustang? Uh <laughs> Jim cannot wait to shit on it. Like he is nope. laying in the weeds. As soon as Dylan men- mentions it, yeah, ask about the Mustang. It's a piece of shit. You blew it. Uh, he's just—he cannot wait to like dive in. Um, 
you just he, 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 he says it immediately. Uh, we cut ahead upstairs. Cindy is just laying into Jim about his behavior, mm. his treatment of Brandon, and basically says, like, it's not about Brandon not listening. There's more to it. I don't know what it is, but figure it out because you're being an asshole to your son. Uh, we are on the back end of the date here. Chris and Andrea are in the car. They're laughing. They're sitting very close together. Chris is laying it on thick here. Andrea is all in, just seeing stars. Chris leans in, and they start to make out, but then he stops and says he shouldn't do it. He says, of course, the first engaging girl I've met in Los Angeles was a student, and if only I was five years younger, uh, you know, it could have been different. So I think that sets his age probably. Five years? I mean, that's a lot. I guess he's what twenty twenty five ish. Yeah, but even that, God, that's so like even that's older. She's supposed to be sixteen here, so. So yeah, they're okay. So they're about to do the retcon where they repeat their junior years, right? So right. figure they're they're going into the school year. What are you when you start? Uh, junior sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen. Seventeen. Tops. 17. Yeah. yeah. Tops. Tops. So he is. I'm gonna like, say he's like twenty three. Supposed to be as much. Yeah. But I mean, Andrea is like 31 at this point. <laughs> correct. In, in, correct. In sure, there's, there's that issue. She's yeah. definitely like 10 years older than Suter in this. Um, but I would say, I would say she's, I'd say he's supposed to be like 23 or something. That that mm-hmm. would make sense to me. 22, 23, first gig maybe, um, you know, subbing for summer school at high school or whatever. Um, and he says he reveals he'll be in town for two more days. Uh, Brandon goes to the peach pit. He uh, says it's his last day at the beach club. Uh, they get the big luau tonight. Brandon kind of pokes around. He asks about Courtney. He asks Nat if she's better than he was. And Nat says, no, nah, just different. Brandon asks for his old job. And Nat says, well, Courtney's punctual. She's committed to her job. And I know she would never quit without two weeks notice. Uh, so that's a little dig by Nat at Brandon. Uh, Nat asks Brandon where the car is. And Brandon kind of shrugs that off. And that reveals that Courtney's headed to college, so there is an opening on the staff, and maybe Brandon could get a trial run. Uh, and then he jokingly, you know, kind of laughs that off, and Nat officially hires him back. So Nat steps in to save the day again for Brandon. Um, looks like he's going to get his job back. Summer season's over, back at the pit. So I thought that was pretty good. Uh, any quick thoughts, Roger, on the couple scenes there as he gets, Brandon gets back? Yeah, the, the, there's a running theme in this episode, which which I appreciated based on uh, what I what I said earlier of the kind of adult male figures in Brandon's life taking shots at him. So his dad, right, over the car. Nat takes some shots at him here. And then a little later on, the... Mm-hmm. You know the 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 boss at the beach just mm-hmm. um, just really I mean that one we could talk about but really for no reason just kind of dresses him down <laughs> a little bit um, so I thought that was a running theme in in the episode but in in general I thought you covered I thought you kind of covered it was all pretty self explanatory there you kind of knew Brandon was going to get the pit job back and that Nat was just going to bust his balls about it a little bit yeah. Yeah, I'm glad Nat got a bit of comeuppance here after getting jerked mm-hmm. around by Brandon. We uh, we were um, pretty critical of that when when Brandon you know kind of quit on that with basically no notice. Um, he tried they tried how to make good in that episode, but it, it really didn't go over well. So I'm, I'm glad to see Nat um, give it back to him a little bit. Um, this whole deal with Jim um, after you know lecturing brandon earlier i mean have we ever seen him go that hard at brandon even like even the drinking i feel like he didn't even go the drinking hard. right yeah. and it's just like i don't know um maybe he's just at the point where he's like fed up with all this shit and like feels like brandon should know better by now and he's just you know it, it's just 
Well, I think because he knew he tried to help him. Yeah, he knew, and he got shut down. And then he got shut down, and and he just blew up. Um, Because for Cindy to, like, give it back to Jim, it's Mm -hmm. something else we're not used to seeing um, in this show. So, I mean, a lot of drama going around this one. Um, I'm glad to see Dylan back. Uh, You know, all the Walshes get laid in a great scene. Um, We do not get any follow-up on his monetary situation, right? So he was going to Hawaii to, to meet his weird hippie mom. And figure out what's the deal with is like is he going to be staying with her indefinitely? Clearly not. He's back, so does mean he has access to money. We're putting a pin in that for now. But um, Dylan is back, and that's great. And uh, Brenda is is sort of feeling more herself again. Um, but yeah, when we uh, cut away to the and, and this is where we get the the makeout scene in the in the truck. Um, it just you know. I mean, for for Chris to acknowledge the age difference between mm-hmm. them, but just to sort of wave it off like, eh, too bad. Makes it even <laughs> too worse. Too bad, so sad. Yeah, it just makes it even worse, right? Because like, he's not even trying to, like, do the Feinstein. I'll pretend, I'll pretend I didn't hear that. I'll pretend you said 18, exactly. you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Like, he's not even faking it. He knows. He no. knows it's a problem. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. This is just going all sorts of places um, that, you know, I, I don't know how they're going to redeem this one in the end. And it's looking increasingly like they're not going to be able to. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> there's a couple of characters that don't really get true come up into this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon and Henry prep for the luau. Brandon's down to the dumps about the car. He says he's going to miss Henry. Uh, Henry tells him to let your mascara start running. It's a, it's a joke in 1991 that probably wouldn't fly today. But um, so uh, Henry tells Brandon to stay in touch. Kelly comes in. She says, tells Brandon that there's someone waiting for him out in the parking lot. So Brandon heads out. He's kind of scanning the lot. One car drives away. And there's Jim with the Stang. Jim reveals he went to get the car out of the lot and has totally had it rebuilt. He says Brandon worked hard all summer and him and mom thought he deserved something to show for it. Brandon apologizes for screwing up a lot and says he was too proud. And Jim said, look, even if you did ask, he still would have chewed your head off about it. Um, and Jim kind of reveals this problem. You know, he, he, he says it here. He's like, after the car accident, I was afraid to let you drive again. So I think this all came down to Brandon getting his own car, making mistakes again with the car. Um, and Brandon, you know, it, and he basically said, it took me a while to really trust that you were done drinking. And Brandon says, I'm definitely done drinking. Uh, Kelly and Steve come over. Kelly says, with this car, may, you may even have to take me out. She's been horny for this date for a while now. Really working hard. Uh, and the three of them make a ride, go for a ride up the coast. Steve makes Kelly sit in the back. Even though Kelly gets in the back first. Um, right. She then complains about it. Yeah, she gets in the back seat and then says, <laughs> you made me get in the back seat. It's like, what are you doing? Uh, so anyway, it's like taking a shot at Steve for no reason. The uh, Roger, my biggest issue with this scene is the timing of this. How How quickly did he rebuild this car because we can't I mean, that, be more than a couple days yeah i mean that's like at least a week in the shop right to to yeah. re, to rebuild the engine and and i mean this is the 90s and it's a 65 mustang so it's not right. like these are probably parts that are just sitting around so yes agreed that that there's a, there's a leap of faith there i guess you know with enough money you can get anything done how did you feel about jim doing that do you think it was the right thing to do uh, I did. Yeah, it, it definitely comes through as like, 
big dad energy from Jim where he finally admits he finally caves. Right. And he admits what was really bothering him. Um, and it, and it kind of tracks it. I, I bought this and it definitely made sense for this character. Like not only is he nervous about Brandon drinking and driving again, but Brandon is wanting not just any car, but this mm-hmm. muscle car. Right. So if, if Jim is already feeling some kind of way about, you know, Brandon being irresponsible behind the wheel, this is not, this is not making him feel any better, you know? Uh, so well, my, he's also, yeah, I get it. He's also been super hard on Brandon a lot. Like, yeah, Brandon has been asking for help to get this car and they've been shutting him down. They're like, no, like you're gonna have to earn mm-hmm. it yourself. So he's been working a shitload of hours, multiple jobs, saving. He really didn't have much of a summer because he's been working so much. So right. I, I like, I think, I think he made Brandon learn the lesson and I think it was, I think it was okay that he did it for him. Yeah. And I, and that just goes back to my earlier point that I think he was, this was kind of always his plan in the end. Like, Jim probably wanted to go with Brandon in the first place, you know, slide him a check and be like, oh, this will be on me, right? This is on the house kind of thing. You've worked hard this summer. And he was pissed about getting rebuffed by Brandon in that scene. And then it just, it just all went to shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like he would have gotten over it maybe and, you know, saved, (laughs) saved himself some money. But the fact that then uh, the thing's a damn lemon and blows up and has to be pulled out of impound, um, yeah, you can see where he's really going over the top now. So I think it all tracks if you read it as this was sort of Jim's intention all along and it got way, way sidetracked because of, you know, Brandon wanting to have things his way. Yeah. And so I, I, I think it's fine. I would, I think that like in, in, in some ways, did it really teach him the lesson? Right. <laughs> because right. so, but, but, yeah. but, so like if maybe Jim gets the car out of impound and then they go to the, you know, they go to the bot to the um, auto mechanic together, Jim like lends him the money and Brandon has to pay him back from the peach pit, like that kind of, you know, he's helping him out, but it, but it's still like, right. mm-hmm. because he, uh, because Brandon kind of went off on his own and thought he knew everything and, you know, trusted. Yeah, science, but that should offset all the hard work he did. I mean, he did buckle down and work all summer like they told him to. Busted his ass for the car. I mean, you know, Jim also could have pushed a little harder to go with him. Like, he gave in pretty quick. Like, he could have said, you're not going unless I'm with you. And to show up, you know, like, there's ways where he really, I think, I think there's some guilt in that, too. Like, the way he treated yeah. Brandon after it and that he didn't be more forceful and ensure that he was protected, you know? That's a good point. I don't know. Yeah. I think there's a lot lot went wrong in this. Yeah. And it's also Jim going, you know what? I'll just handle it myself, which again, like I said, big Jim energy, big dad energy. Well, he's been hard on him too. Remember the problem, the basketball stuff, the, you know, like, like he's been hard on him for a season and a third right now. Right. So, I think maybe it was some of this realizing, like, you know, he's he's way over the top in his expectations for Brandon. Like, this isn't we've had this multiple times now already. So it might be a little bit of that. Like, okay, this kid deserves a break. Like, I've been busting his ass. He's been busting his ass, and I've been all over him now for since we moved to Beverly Hills. So time to and now now that his wife's on his ass, he needs to (laughs) right. The only only time he's really the only time he's really made me proud is is when he fucked his girlfriend from out of town. (laughs) That's uh, right. On the one night she's. She stayed in our home. You know. yeah, yeah, that was it. Other than that, he's been out, out of Brandon. <laughs> yes. 
All right, Andre's getting cleaned up at her house for the day. In comes Chris. Uh, she reveals she's home alone because her parents and her sister are out for the night. I wasn't aware Andre had a sister, Tim. Is this a new fact or one that gets erased News to later? Me. News to me. I mean, a lot of times it's it's hard to believe that Andre even has parents. We forget the fact that, I mean, right. we, we're going to see her, her grandmother, who's uh, mm-hmm. played by mul- multiple elderly actresses, I feel like, throughout the run <laughs> of the show. Um, we're going to see her eventually, and we know that she is using her grandmother's uh, address because that is in district for West Bev. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times that gets conflated with she was actually living with her grandmother, but right. that's not the idea here. She was just using that as her, her mailing address, mm-hmm. but she really and truly lives with her parents. Well, I think she ends up moving in with her grandmother, right? Eventually, eventually don't they? it becomes so. like a storyline. I think she has to move there to cover like they find out or something like that i feel like i think so i don't know it's hard to keep track of her storylines but the fact is right now she's living with her actual unseen parents and the valley sister (laughs) Sister. and the sister which is gonna disappear all right chris uh reveals he's staying in la he got a job (laughs) teaching at the winston school for girls which sounds like an awful idea What, what could go wrong (laughs) <laughs> that happened fast too i don't know what happened quicker he got this job or jim fixed the car um yeah so awful idea chris says his girlfriend is bringing his stuff in from chicago and andre is shook like what the fuck suitor and she immediately is all over him uh chris goes into full-on gaslighting mode he's trying to he's like you know i did this on purpose to earn your trust and prove to you um mm. you know that was my job that you know you could trust someone because in the theater you're gonna have try like he is really out going out left field trying to justify this she's not having it she thought they had a good personal relationship uh just real asshole stuff from suitor here andrea says uh besides brandon suitor's the only guy she ever trusted and then throws him out so she calls him mr suitor too yes yes the final which was fantastic so i thought I, i was part of andrea in the scene i thought she did a good job like a 16-year-old girl with a 20-year-old guy who's working hard to mislead, you know, mislead the thought process here, Raj. I thought she did okay. Yeah, I mean, his his little soliloquy in this in this scene is is really, really nauseating. Like, mm-hmm. like I it's real even, bad. Yeah, I can't even believe they put it on TV. Like I, <laughs> I wrote down, he he ended it by saying, "You can't say I didn't do my job." Oh my, yeah, it was bad. And I mean, yeah, you, you, you could say you, you definitely didn't do your job because your job's not to try to s- sleep with your students. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was it was real, real bad and really, really drove home like what a what a piece of crap he is. I mm-hmm. mean, just awful, awful, awful speech. I would say he might be the worst villain we've had so far. To, well, like, honestly, it's yeah, he's really bad. I mean, he's. Uh, and the actor, terrible. by the way, is Michael Michael St. Gerard. Uh, see, he's even got like a horrible name. <laughs> I don't know. If, uh, let's see what else he's done here. I feel like not much after this. Oh, boy. The, all right. So he did 9210. Um, Max. He did uh, a few insignificant. <laughs> I had to be a few insignificant. Direct-to-video exports materialized. Jeez. His career had simmered. In 1994, he had a spiritual awakening after leading a Sunday school class and decided to retire and focus on religious instruction, became a pastor in Harlem. Uh, so that's pretty much what he's done. But the joke, here we go. The jokes, the jokes really write themselves. I was going to say, is that the girl's school he was teaching at? <laughs> 
But here we go. Here's the de- description of his biography. Ready? This moody, baby-faced hunk has a slick, sullen, magnetic good looks what? and rebel attitude of Elvis Presley. Not to mention <laughs> yeah. a startling resemblance. Uh, he even uh, got to play Elvis twice in the movie Heart of Dixie in 1989 and Great Balls of Fire in 1989 as well. The biopic of a Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, he played Elvis in that movie. So they definitely... Uh, the highly ambitious Elvis TV series... He also uh, looked like he was involved in that as Elvis. I ran for ten episodes. So he, or Elvis he took. Some, I wonder. He probably took some notes in the in Great Balls of Fire on <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis and oh, his God. relationship with the fourteen-year-old or fifteen-year-old, right? Ah, oh, boy. <laughs> That's God. where he got his inspiration for uh, Chris Souter. <laughs> well, missed opportunity for a comeback. He could have. Uh, he could have played old. Fat Elvis and yeah, the true. Yeah. The, that biopic. Um, all right, so very good. I'm, I'm glad we uh cleared that up. Um, but this just uh, yeah, this completely sucks all around. It's uh, uh, I mean, in the fact that they're they're alone and and Andrea's uh home, mm-hmm. I guess, and I, I mean, and, and he has a girlfriend. What was the point of any of this? He has a girlfriend back wherever it's he came. to catch a predator, Chicago. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Like, he's just wanting to have a fling with this this underage girl. I mean, well, I don't think he was planning on staying, is my guess. So he, I think he was working yes. this, bang the student, yeah. and then go back home. And, then and then now, that, yeah. now that he's staying and his girlfriend's coming, he's like, all right, well, I got to yeah, end this because I can't it. have her. If Andrea starts hanging around, like it's bad news, you know. So. Yep. Because Pre- presumably but, I mean, this this is an age appropriate relationship that right. he has with the girlfriend. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah. And I so, mean, he's not yeah. that slick either. Because. No. I mean, he didn't. He, I mean, I guess it's you know to really drive home what an asshole he is. But I mean, he didn't have to like just immediately tell her ever. Oh yeah, I'm actually staying here. And yeah, my girlfriend's moving here too. Right? No, but I think he yeah. did it on purpose because I think he. I think he knew, like, all right, if I sleep with the 16-year-old, she could, like, blow my spot up because she's going to get, like, clingy and weird and show up and, like, tell my girl. You know, like, I think he knew he had to end it quick now that his girlfriend was coming out because he didn't need a 16-year-old, like, yep. blowing the whistle on him. Yep. Yep. If he's sticking around. So, I guess he'll have um, many other chances with uh, the girls' school that he'll – which is a detail that we really didn't need. I mean, why mm. do they – why did they put that in here? It's, well, and she just, and Andrea even compliments the school, says, oh, that's one of the best prep schools in, in, <laughs> in Beverly Hills. A lot yeah. of girls. A lot of girls. <laughs> this is like the worst character the show has, has ever done up to this point. And he really isn't even portrayed like as an out-and-out villain. It's just sort of like... No, eh, he's kind of a kind of, kind of a jerk for leading Andrea on like this, but they're not acting like he's the predator that he really. I mean, we are three. They never mention who, it. No, they, they never. Really don't. We besides it, Brandon, they never say it the doesn't. Fact that, yeah, uh, factor in stalking sixteen-year-olds is like. A, I feel like in any other episode, Brandon would have told Jim, and they would have went to the cop. Like, like none of that. Suter, Suter, Suter's the only one that acknowledges it. Yeah. By by by, you know, can't wait for the last day of summer school so we can go out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and honestly. I mean, I don't think that we three dudes are the most enlightened people on the planet. Let's face it. But the fact that like we are clutching our pearls over this really <laughs> goes to show like how awful this is. I mean, this agree. This is fucked Agreed. up. Yes. 
Yeah, it's it's the bueno. Um, and and like they're just letting him go to this other school. Like, if you're Andre, aren't you calling the school and tell like maybe <laughs> right? she does, but let's, let's go let him do it to someone else. Yeah, um, at least place an anonymous tip or something. It's, right. Um, He's definitely the worst suitor on film since General Suitor and Suburban Commando, right around the same time <laughs> in 1991. So, yes. two evil suitors came out that year. The name. <laughs> All right, let's go back to Beverly Hills Beach Club. Uh, the luau's raging. Uh, Brandon comes over. He tries to get Steve, Kelly, and Donna to do the hookilau dance with them. They must say hookilau about 35 fucking times. Um, they're not having it. They don't want to dance. This is a little perversion because Brandon usually is the only one who won't dance. He does acknowledge it a bit. He's like, if I'm doing it, you guys can do it. Um, they're still kind of hemming and hawing about summer ending. A little girl comes over and asks Brandon to dance, and he obliges. I felt like that was weird in a way. I mean, it's again. cute, but again, like it's, it's like a <laughs> reminder of what yeah. it's a reminder of what we just went through. Because they even kind of joke about it. They're like, "Oh, your date's a little young." It's like, <sighs> yeah, it was again unneeded. Like I get it; they were trying to be cute. The little girl asked them to dance, like whatever. But I would have had just like a hot chick come over and be like, "Hey, Brandon, let's go hooky loud or something." Like yeah. that would have been okay, you know. Um, Dave, David hops in. They're dancing together. Uh, Brendan and Dylan are sitting on a little uh, lounge chairs and they're, you know, chatting it up. They, they talk about his time in Hawaii. He doesn't really give much up. And Brendan says our relationship's confusing. And he's like, it doesn't have to be, which is true. Like all along, he's been pretty straightforward that they could just be normal. And she's making it crazy. Um, she admits that she went after an older guy while he was gone. And but she's glad he's back again. She's making this way too difficult. Like she didn't yeah. have to tell him that nothing happened. It was like a three-day, you know, flirtation. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing is stupid. Andrea walks in. She's kind of solemn. Brenda goes over to talk to her. They talk about what happened. Brenda makes amends. They agree they'll never argue over a man again. Uh, Brenda brings Andrea over. She says there's a lot of guys. Time to move on. And we wrap up. They're all dancing uh, with some guests. And the summer's come to an end. Tim, time to head back over to West Beverly for us. Uh, yeah, I guess it's a, a nice little fond farewell to the beach club this season. Um, we will see it again, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is this is a decent little way to to get everybody into the episode, even if they haven't really had a storyline. At least they'll share a scene together. Um, I did really <laughs> enjoy Dylan number one mentioning uh, spending the summer in his mom's quote weird treehouse. Um, <laughs> I wish we had seen some of that. I guess some more of that maybe. Um, and he also completely no sells Brenda when she says she, she went after this older guy. Like maybe he can sort of see through some of the bullshit here uh, because he really has no reaction to that other than to say, Hey, isn't that Andrea Zuckerman? <laughs> right. <laughs> we, right. We I completely agree. Completely <laughs> agree, Tim. He played it so cool. It was he awesome. He's so, he so awesome. All I wrote down was legend. Saw right through her. Um, but then we get the, the little wrap up with, with Andre and Brenda, which I guess we, we had to do. We couldn't sort of leave them at odds. Um, definitely a stronger Andrea episode than it is a Brenda episode. Who's just all over the place. And, you know, I don't want to make light of the fact that, you know, she's also kind of being pursued by this predator, but um, you know, her, her, just entire state of mind is, is very um, sort of volatile throughout. Mm-hmm. The, again, since the breakup is just consistent with that. So, um, 
and, and by design, I, I'm not saying that the show dropped the ball or anything, but I, I just think it's a stronger, um, stronger showing for Andre here than it is for Brenda, really. I mean, she did not have to forgive Brenda for that exactly. face. I thought it was a good, um, I thought their conversation was good because going into the conversation, I was thinking the same thing to him. I'm like, I hope Andrea doesn't just cave here and give in. Mm-hmm. Right. But I thought Brenda, Brenda was good. And I think was, you know, had some real, uh, real contrition there. Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked how they ended it with basically kind of agreeing to hose before bros going mm-hmm. forward. <laughs> Because re- that's really how you could sum up the conversation. We're never going to let a guy do this to us again, which yeah. it's a strong thing to figure out at 16 years old. So props. We'll see if it holds. Right. All right. Uh, so let's get to our awards here uh, before we wrap things up. So best scene, Roger Raider, no, your, no yours is from Brandon. His car breaks down. Uh, I went with Nat rehiring Brandon. I thought that was well done. I like their bond. We've talked a lot about the two of them. Um, I like Nat kind of busted his chops a little bit. But it's a it's a big scene, too, because Brandon and the Peach Pit are pretty tied together through the entire run of the show, as are him and Nat. So I thought this was a, a pretty well done scene. Um, I know that for... A lot of the, especially the online fandom of this show, uh, a, a favorite scene for sure would be uh, Brenda slapping Andrea because Andrea um, is is definitely not one of the favorite characters uh, within mm-hmm. the community at large. I've noticed Brenda kind of is, and uh, boy, do people love that! I mean, gifts of it all over the place. So I will say it's a it's a very well acted scene. It's a powerful scene, but I'm going to give it to just the follow up where they are having it out in the hallway of the school. Um, I thought there were some great barbs thrown by both of them back and forth. And um, it's just a strong performance by uh, uh, two two great actors on this series. All right, most important scene, I went with Brenda activating bitch mode. Like, this is really the first time we've seen it. And it becomes a very key part of her character over the coming years. Like, this turning it on where she just can be super vindictive and bitter um, and biting. Like it was really the first time we've seen it. So I thought it stood out to me like, okay, this is Brenda's headed this dark direction potentially. That's a good one. Um, I went with uh, Andrea, like getting in way too deep. And again, I know that she's more of a victim in this scenario, but um, within the context of what the show is presenting, um, she's like getting in way too deep with a guy that she barely knows. And there are some ramifications there. Like that's, I don't want to say uh-huh. it's going to be like a pattern for her, but it's not the first and only time we right. see this. Yep. I had for most important scene, um, Tim's favorite scene, which was after, after the slap in the, in the hallway, which I think is also Brenda turning on bitch mode so mm-hmm. i'm in line all right most 90s look i want suitors uh turtleneck shirt he was rocking one of the scenes that's a very mm. early 90s deal i had uh andrea's uh black and white sort of polka dot outfit um that she wears for her quote-unquote date with chris um thought it looked very nice on her and it was also very early 90s 
I went with Steve's silk shirt. It was a multicolored <laughs> silk mm. shirt that he was wearing tucked in. That was extraordinarily 90s. Yeah, we've seen that thing a few times. <laughs> All right, most 90s moment. I went with Simon, the used car salesman, shtick. Like, that felt very 90s to me. Um, just that whole way that character acted and was presented. That's, like, out of every, like, late 80s, 90s movie or show, that guy right there. Right. Um, so, this is this is going to sound off, but I, I went with... Um, like a teacher just openly pursuing one of his students. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. or, or absent that just like the obvious power imbalance here of like mm-hmm. a much, much older man dating like an out and out minor, which, you know, today right. you think of what were we saying before, you know, a 23 year old guy today, think of that, that dude as dating like a 16 year old. That mm-hmm. guy is a fucking loser, right? Is a gross pervert like well, he's know, a felon today he loses his job he's yeah completely destroyed on social media destroyed yeah, probably gets I mean, a hallmark movie about him <laughs> like yeah yeah ex- exactly exactly and back then it's just kind of like eh, kind of lightly frowned upon like at worst you know it's just i don't know you think of like what was the thing with seinfeld like dating a high school student jerry seinfeld dating a high school student or something that he's married to her now isn't he is married <laughs> yeah but at the time was like they were dating it's like oh this is so cute and and now people look back and are like mm-hmm. uh do y'all remember like how they got together mm-hmm. and it's just i don't know i just think of that as a very uh let's just call it unevolved 90s thing um you know not all these these 90s moments are are positive ones. Some of them are a little bit more teachable, let's say. And I mean, it's really like more than just the age difference. It's the, the teacher. Yeah. And the fact that he's like clearly like manipulating all of that, you know, like it's, yeah. 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 It's like he's fell in love with Andrea, right? He's like aiming to make this a thing. Like he's targeting, you know, you see all the grooming stuff and all the grooming language that gets talked about today that wasn't even on the radar at the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, they couldn't they wouldn't be able to air this episode today. They'd have to really change it where he ends out in prison at the end of it. Honestly, I'm wondering, I mean, is that why this is not streaming? Like, um, (laughs) it might be because of Roxette. I feel well, like there's I mean, more music yeah. in this one than normal. Like, we'll get to it in a minute, but I think there's like seven or eight real songs. And that, that was more than we usually have. That was my most 90s moment was Roxette in the Joyride mm-hmm. in, in the car. Okay. All right. Yeah. Best lesson learned. I, I just went with, you know, if you're 18, maybe don't date a 23-year-old teacher from out of town. <laughs> probably avoid that. The real best lesson is probably don't use a cashier's check at a used car dealership. But mm, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, lesson learned. It's kind of along the same lines. I have, um, watch out for older men who will shamelessly try to groom you. Um, and uh, sort of, again, relating to the whole um, used car lot situation. Uh, I don't know if you can really control for this, but uh, nevertheless, it's better to have rich parents than poor parents. If you can help it. <laughs> So lesson number one for me, I, I apologize that some of this takes an anti-Brandon sentiment to it. But um, Look. If, 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 if lesson number one was if you screw up, your parents will bail you out. See, okay, that's rough. And then lesson number two, I think we all kind of said the same thing, but I wrote it as Mr. Souter is a giant piece of shit. 
Yeah. By the way, Brandon, I know, I guess he has his own account, but he's he's 16. He's going to a bank and getting a cashier's check. Like, that seems a little mm-hmm. questionable, too, that he's yeah. able to go do that. I think you can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you. I, I, as I, long I as you. I, yeah, yes. I think as long as you are banking there as a customer, as long as they allow for that. Seems young. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that every bank would allow. I mean, they have like, I don't know, minor checking accounts or whatever. Let's talk about anything else. Sure. <laughs> Seems young. Uh, best hookup. There's no way I could go with Suter for this one. So I went with Brandon and his Mustang. Mm, yeah. What was it? Best hookup? Yeah. There was only one, and it's a tough one. Yeah. So I, I kind of yeah. passed on Rough. the category. So I'm going Brandon yeah. and the Stang. That's the hookup. The last forever. So. <laughs> Brandon, in the, go... Brandon in the burger. <laughs> 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 I am going to go with uh, Dylan and the entire Walsh household when he gets in. There you go. Lay, yeah. How about Simon, Simon, and the, Simon and the cashier's check? <laughs> there you go. Could have went Brandon and Nat, too. They were uh, romancing <laughs> it up. Getting chummy again. Uh, my favorite quote was when uh, Brandon tells Jim that the cars are the impound lot. He goes, and how, pray tell, did it end up there? <laughs> During his fucking fit of rage, he breaks out, pray tell. So that was great. Um, I have, got, and you mentioned it earlier. It's uh, Henry Thomas. He's been real, he's been real reliable with these quotes. Oh, yeah. like in this this run, it, it's that that line. Now look, don't get get all maudlin on me now. I wouldn't want your mascara to run. Just <laughs> it's not just the line, but it's delivery of it. It just yeah, really, really puts the screws to him. Um, mine was in the same conversation as Justin's. And it was caveat emptor, let the buyer beware. <laughs> He's such an asshole. Um, all right. Final grade. Uh, I like. I mean, I had a good time watching and talking about this one, but it, it's definitely a dip down from the last couple, which I've really, really liked. Um, yeah. I think it's one that, if it didn't exist, wouldn't matter, honestly, besides Brandon getting the car. Like, the whole Brenda, Andrea, Suter thing didn't really matter we really downplayed all of our other um, stars in this. Like we didn't get much Kelly marginal, Steve, a touch of Dylan. It's really Brenda, Brandon, Andrea, Jim. I mean, that's it. Like, and no one else really got a ton of time. So it was good, but uh, not as good. So I ended up going six out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go. I mean, like you said, it's fun to talk about, but like, is this a, in terms of like quality of the episode and just overall like messaging of the episode, like mm. it's bad. Like it's it's bad on a lot of fronts. As we've said, even a a bad episode of this show is still kind of its own reward. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go as low as five, which which mm. you know sounds damning. I don't think I have many that low. Um, Probably yeah, not too many. I wouldn't think. But I'm okay with it. If this is like my lowest rated episode so far, like, and I, I'm just really spitballing here. I'm not looking at or comparing to past grades or anything. But if this is like my lowest rated episode, I'm kind of okay with it. We've had a couple lower ones. I mean, like the baseball one, we were not fans of. <laughs> yeah. Brandon, Brandon the Virgin. <laughs> There's been some tough ones, but. Um, so yeah, this is more just on the lower end of the, the middle stretch for us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I thought it was average. 
five, five-ish. Um, maybe if you guys bring me in again, you know, if you guys do like the Seinfeld finale, something like that. Just kidding, mm. just kidding. No, it was, um, yeah. I, I think it was just like, just the stuff we've talked about, right? Where it's, you know, we we're kind of, I was kind of taken aback. And then the fact that like Donna and David weren't really hardly in the episode at all, if, yeah. if at all. Yeah. Um, and there was just a lot of suitor who, who I just abjectly hated throughout the episode. So made well, it yeah. And you know, if this had taken place in, in the first season, I feel like the, the sibling plots would have been kind of reversed where it would be more mm. of a Brandon episode and more about, Brandon learning a lesson about, you know, uh, you know don't, um, well, and don't go all in on this. Th- and it would, you'd have the Brenda side plot where she's crushing on a teacher, but it wouldn't go these places where it's like crazy relationship drama, which well, this is maybe more we get more drama episode. And maybe we get more of a payoff with Simon. That was like the other thing. So, like, we get no comeuppance for Suter, really. I mean, just right, whatever. On right. He wasn't going to sleep there anyway. But Simon, we really. Like I was waiting for Jim to show up there and threaten mm-hmm. Sue. So, like I, you know, we didn't get that. I feel like in season one we probably get something like that along those lines where Jim, yeah, that's Jim's help to Brandon that he shows up and gets his money back for him. You know, um, that's what I was waiting for. So Simon really gets out of this with like no, nothing bad happens to that guy. Like they don't even file a Better Business Bureau report. <laughs> it's like right. like nothing nothing happens. You know, he's so. I feel like they let the two predators off. They're pretty really easy in this now. to we, go stalk again. Like mm. Suter is going to go work at the school for girls with no ramifications. And Simon's going to screw another guy out of another car probably any time, any minute now too. So I think there's no real for a thin episode that we spent time on, like two main stories. We didn't really get like comeuppance for either of the bad guys, you know? Yeah, we're not getting those neat, pat, buttoned-up, uh, mm-hmm. happy endings that we saw throughout that first season. Things are um, getting a little bit I'm dark. Shades of gray. I'm going to five and a half. Gray, and a five and a half. Okay, talk you down to a five and a half without even yeah, meaning to. Talk me down to a five and a half. All right, right, let's get to our trackers here uh, real quick. So new characters. I think Simon and Courtney were really the only ones uh, new for us here. Mm-hmm. Um, relationships. I mean, I went Andrea Suter, Brenda Suter. Brandon and the Mustang uh, are three there. Yeah. Uh, places and things. We have the used car lot. We had Brandon's Mustang. Is there anything else new? We've seen Andrea's house. At least one. She was where she was having the um, the pity party on prom night yes. before she. Yeah. Yes. The Halloween the choice to go out. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we'll hold off. I think we'll put the new peach pit down once we see it. So makes sense. We'll get there. All right. Uh, songs for the night. Uh, we had "Gone Riding" by Chris Isaac. That's when Brandon picked up the Mustang. "Little Bitty Pretty One" by Thurston Harris when Brandon's at the peach pit. "Sweet Talking Guy" by the Chiffons is when Suter is talking to Brandon and Andrea. So a good one there. Joyride by Roxette. We talked about a bunch just during the tour. The Hookalow by Charles Kaipo during the Luau. We heard that about 35 times. And uh, a summer song by Chad and Jeremy at the end. So again, I feel like we got way more music than we normally got. Um, I don't know if that's why we didn't see it. I don't know if it's the theme is why we didn't see it on streaming, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Tim, maybe we can dig it up and try and find out why this one's not on any of the platforms. Yeah, it's it's got to be something along those lines. Um I've always had a hard time trying to 
suss out what the difference is between right you can have it on dvd and work around these issues but not on streaming i just i don't know do you um, have like um do any of the other episodes have a teacher making out with a student <laughs> i was gonna say like not until we yeah, get to that's the that's question <laughs> yeah and that at least they're adults i mean right brandon's at least of age in that one <laughs> um, all right character rankings uh here we go so we had three no shows in this uh scott scanlon mel and jackie sadly were not with us so we're gonna rank the rest uh i guess donna's probably next right because she really didn't do anything in this episode um yeah. and then just, david just above her maybe yeah yeah all right so we got them uh kelly Kelly and Steve are sort of. Well, I'd say, yeah, because we got Kelly, Steve and Henry are all kind of like mm-hmm. two scenes and done in this. I think Henry is the best ranking the from like, like, like worst to first. Worst to, kind of yeah, worst to first. Yeah. yeah. yeah I so think Don and David I think are at the that bottom. Goes Kelly, Steve, Henry is how I yeah. would rank those three. I think I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm good with that. Um, And then I think. I think Dylan. I mean, he's really just in a couple scenes. Yeah, it's he, real brief. He, he was real good, though. Well, who'd you have below him? Cindy, we got Cindy. We got Nat. Simon? Well, he, no, we're going to do, uh, sorry, main, the regulars. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm no, sorry. You're good. you're good. Regulars only. Cindy, um, Nat, Jim. Well, Jim's going to be up there. I think Jim. Yeah. Jim's going to yeah, be Yeah, it's probably there. Dylan. I would, Dylan, I Nat, Dylan Cindy. and Nat. Yeah, I think so. Because Cindy had the good scene yeah. where he's. She's screaming at Jim. That's good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love that. All right. Yeah, so that Dylan leaves us Nat, with uh, at least us with Jim, Brenda, Brandon, Andrea for our top four slots. I think I, I feel like Jim. Jim might be my number one. Mm. I mean, Brandon is is got to be the lowest of those four. I mean, it wasn't a great episode for him, right? Yeah. I mean, he just gets kind of shit on by all those people and then his yeah, dad, all right. dad, dad right fixes the engine yeah. compared to what the other the other three did i thought the other three were were excellent i think i'd go brenda next i, I think i'd have andrea above her i do too. so would you go andrea or jim for the top two which order i would go jim at the top just because he was so you know i'm not I say out of character but he re- i feel like he really brought it in his like brandon hey at the beginning of the episode I thought he was. I good. liked yeah, Jim a lot on this one. Why not? Yeah, I, I think we're all just vibing on Jim for some reason right now. So <laughs> why not? All right. So Daddy Jim, the top score. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> not bad. Um, uh, all right, Tim, what's going on in our podcast land here while I tally up these uh, seasonal scores for us? All right. So you're hearing this podcast on the 90210 So podcast network and if you like what you're hearing um i would like you to please subscribe to our show uh we try to do our best to socialize this in places we think that you the listener will be um so you know how no matter how you've found us or have come into this podcast we appreciate you listening um, and welcome any feedback that you may have if you want to drop us a line again you can just follow up on any anywhere this this show has been socialized um or uh you can email us we have a dedicated gmail account it is 9021noso at gmail.com we keep or i keep threatening that we're going to do a mailbag episode so i still want to do that at some point um so 
feel free to uh, send us any and all correspondence. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Psyche68, if you want to hit me up, chat about the show or anything else. Uh, Roger, do you have anything that you would like to promote or direct the listeners to? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm a, I'm a one trick pony here on the no. So this week in the NFL, best weekly, uh, NFL show around me, my right. dad and John D'Amato break it all down for you. Excellent. And that is going to be on the North South connection podcast network, our original home we have spun off from. So still Apologies. affiliated stores, no problem. Still a sister. Um, so all, all bit one big happy family. So check that out. Um, if you want to hear more from Roger, uh, JT, how are you looking with those composite rankings? All right. Yes, I am ready. Let's tally it up. Here is our season two cumulative ranking. Uh, only season two episodes. Scott Scanlon with his measly two points at the bottom. Mel Silver with his 12. Jackie Taylor with 18. Nat Basuccio with 21. Donna Martin, 30. Andre Zuckerman, 37. Kelly Taylor, 41, just above her. David Silver, 42. Steve Sanders, at 46. Henry Thomas clocking in at 47. Sadly, though, he's going to drop quickly here. Cindy Walsh at 51. Brenda Walsh and Dylan McKay tied fittingly at 67. Jim Walsh right above them at 69. And Brandon Walsh is our season two king right now, 75 points. Here's our all-time uh, standings now. This is all the episodes we've ranked so far here, seasons one and two. Mel Silver at the bottom with 12 points. Jackie Taylor with 31. Henry Thomas at 47. Scott Scanlon at 66. Just got passed by Nat Pasuccio at 71. That's our bottom tier. Donna Martin is in her own little universe with 111. Bump up to David Silver at 169. Uh, a really big jump for Andrea with her good showing tonight. She's up to 180. Uh, we jump up again to Kelly Taylor at 210. Cindy Walsh at 218. And then we have a three-way tie next uh, at 227 points apiece. All time. We have Jim Walsh, Steve Sanders, and Dylan McKay. Uh, all tied at 227. Uh, and then at top, of course, is Brenda Walsh at 310. And Brandon Walsh is our number one at 316 total points. So hmm. the Walsh wins continue to pace uh, the rest of the team here. All right. So three-way trio there. That yeah. Yeah. That'll obviously be broken next episode. But for a, a brief moment in time, those three are tied together. Yeah, the odds of that happening are astronomical. Right. Is that it. pretty crazy? <laughs> I mean, I where, how many episodes in, Tim? Uh, Oh, 31 20, or so 22 plus 6 20, 28 28 episodes yeah. in and they somehow all three of them landed at the same number so there you go yep. all right we'll be back in three weeks from today we'll uh, have a returning guest with us uh, from previous episodes and we'll be talking season two episode seven we'll i believe be heading back to school so that'll be good again kind of wrap up the summer season get back to normalcy to do go on from then so be sure to subscribe if you haven't yet, be sure to share us, uh, leave some feedback, some comments. We appreciate it all. A little dim sum, little dim sum. We will talk to you soon. Take care.